Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Business of Design. You're in the right place if you are an interior design professional and you want to proudly proclaim design is my business. That's how I feel. Anyway, I'm Kimberly Selden and I'm your host. How lucky are we? Here we are, episode number 76, and we are going to attempt the impossible. We are going to attempt to define the term designer. What does a designer do and who gets to control that conversation? Now, That really isn't the conversation I think we started out to have, but I was with these two fabulous women from New York City, and things just took a turn like they do, and suddenly I think we honed in on something really important. What is a designer? How do you know a professional from a non-professional, and who gets to control that conversation? So I was in New York City at Fuego to do a business of design meetup a couple months back, similar to the one we're having in October, or the three we're having in October, I should say, Austin, Houston, Dallas, free events. We hope you'll come out, information at businessofdesign.com. Uh, so similar to that, I was in New York City, and it was great. I got to see so many people I love. Um, I'm going to shout out Darcy Heather I saw there, Laurel Byrne I got to meet, which was really fun. And then I had a chance to hang out with Business of Design members, Gail M. Davis. She's a rock star. Go to her website at Gail Davis Designs LLC and just check out that sassy photo of Gail on the homepage. I just I just want to channel that the next time I have to take a photo of myself. And through Gail, we met Courtney McLeod, who is another fabulous New York designer. Let me tell you a bit about these women. Gail M. Davis is an award-winning and celebrated designer. She infuses her designs with a refreshing air of lively elegance. And for more than a decade, she has forged a blazing path in the interior design industry. And what a pedigree she comes from, by the way. She had a successful career in fashion at Saks Fifth Avenue. You can see that about her. She really wears clothes beautifully. She studied at New York School of Interior Design. And she, get this, worked for Bunny Williams and David Kleinberg. So she has a pedigree that I can't touch I'm super envious about that. Today, Gail's projects can be seen in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, as well as on the West Coast of California. She's been featured in Ebony Magazine, Domino Magazine, Design Sponge, and so much more. I love her candid personality. She really tells you what she's thinking. She's extremely generous with other designers, lending her hand frequently to give them advice that is really key, I think, to growing their businesses. She's talented, she's warm, and she's smart, and you're going to love meeting Gail on the podcast. Courtney McLeod is the founder and principal of Right Meets Left Interior Design, which is an award-winning Manhattan-based full-service design studio. Right Meets Left, that's adorable, right? It perfectly reflects Courtney's approach to the design process, an ideal balance of a creatively vital mind, which is right brain, and a sharply analytical one, which is left brain. On the right side, Courtney is a colorist at heart whose designs express her client's unique tastes and her vivid 
collected aesthetic. She was raised in New Orleans, so we were both raised as Southerners, so we have that in common. And she loves to travel throughout Europe and Asia, so we have that in common as well. On the left side, she's very practical and she approaches each project with a keen understanding and appreciation of the significant financial investment required to execute a successful interior design project. She's also got an amazing pedigree. The Wharton School of Business and uh, the University of Pennsylvania, which is, you know, everybody knows of that school, which I think really gives her a leg up in the business side of things. And she's complemented that skill set with learnings from Parsons, Pratt, and New York School of Interior Design. You can see why these two are friends. Gail and Courtney and I sat down together in a back room at Frigo, and there was all kinds of activity going on around us, so the sound isn't as perfect as we would love it. There was a preparation happening for the event we were going to have that evening. You're going to step into our conversation in the middle of an eruption of laughter. Uh, Courtney is gently teasing Gail uh, for sucking up because she knows everybody from the business of design team who was traveling there with us. The conversation gets started off by talking about wouldn't it be great if design professionals could control the public conversation about what we do. In other words, wouldn't it be great if the public didn't get such mixed messages from places like HGTV or from design shops that tell consumers various things about the work we do. Courtney then goes on to describe a potential client who had purchased a $2 million condo and then wanted to furnish the whole place for $30,000. And Gail chimes in that she has had a similar experience. And I certainly could relate. I think we all can relate to these individual stories and particularly how they both set out to describe to the customers what they might experience working with a professional. I can't wait to have each of these women back in standalone episodes, so you'll definitely hear from them again. I'm going to check in first with Cheryl Horn, and then you are going to meet Gail and Courtney. Cheryl, as usual, has announcements for us. And Cheryl, this episode, you're going to recognize these two people. Of course, you know Gail Davis because she went to High Point with us. High Point with us. Yeah. yeah. And we also, at High Point, met Courtney McLeod. So she's going to be part of the conversation as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we saw her on stage at High Point. That's right. And now she's a Business of Design member. And I had a chance when we were in New York City to have a conversation with both of them, which ties in nicely to something you saw on the Facebook community page. Tell us what that is. Yeah, we actually, one of our members, Anne-Marie, um, uh, posted to Facebook and within the Facebook community that she was listening to the podcast. Um, and when you had the guest from Oli, that she got to wondering about the conversations, particularly those where you talk about business markups, vendor relationships, um, even client relationships and trade secrets. Um, and just that sort of started a conversation about how you're so transparent on the podcast, aren't you worried about clients hearing that? Right, right. Believe me, the first time um, I spoke on a stage at a big event, I thought, what if a client could hear me or writing the books, writing uh, volume one, volume two, volume three, what if a client gets a copy of this book? How am I going to feel about everything they see inside? So my philosophy and the motto at Business of Design is be transparent, be totally transparent. We're not apologetic about the fact that we do this work for a living. This is the work that feeds our soul, yeah, but it also feeds our family in a very literal sense. So it's okay, I think, for clients to understand that you have a 
profit model built into your business. And what's great about the profit model is it's reasonable, it's fair, um, it's consistent with the value you bring to the customers. And so when customers hear these conversations about markups, they're fully aware markups are happening. What they're not aware of is how large they are and what the designers are doing with them. So I think it's great for the industry if more of us begin to talk openly about how we work and how the client benefits from that work, and then how we get paid, and not keeping any of that secret, I think is a fundamentally a great way to live. Well, and for your existing clients, they've also already read all of this in your contract. Right. They're not hearing it for the first time on the podcast. It's laid out for them right there in your contract as well. Yeah. And some people are nervous. You know, what if a client hears all that and thinks, oh, I don't want to work with you. It's going to be too expensive. You know, great. Uh, Great. I don't want to work with the customer who thinks that... I'm going to be expensive and not provide them with value. And that's, I always say this, I feel like a broken record. I get if you are in your first year of business, you want as many clients as possible. So I get that. I know that it's a position of luxury for me to be able to say, that's fine. I don't care if someone doesn't call me because it seems like I'm going to be expensive. I'm looking for my ideal customer. So um, yes, I do have a level of comfort around that topic that you might not have if you're brand new to the business, but don't stay brand new for very long. Join businessofdesign.com and uh, you do not have to be a newbie uh, longer than it will take you to take 15 courses on our website. Well, and if you do have more questions on that, we actually have our next group coaching session coming up this week in a couple of days. So on September 5th, uh, if you do have questions, if you're not able to attend, please email me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. I'll make sure we get those questions answered for you. So again, uh, September 5th is our next group coaching session. And then coming up in October, you're headed to Texas. So registration's filling up for that. Um, Again, you can register on the website, businessofdesign.com. Oh, before I forget, there is one more thing really exciting. October 12th, it's a Friday at 1 p.m. I will be hosting a podcast live from High Point, High Point Market. If you're a Business of Design member and you're going to be at High Point Market, please reach out to us. I want you to be on the podcast. We are going to have a lively discussion with Business of Design members at The Point, Friday, October 12th at 1 p.m. at The Point at High Point Market. I will also be on stage on October 13th, which is a Saturday at noon on the ASID stage, and I'll be part of a panel discussion, and when we have more information about that, we'll let you know. But by all means, if you're going to be in High Point on that Friday, I need you as my guest. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers, just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. 
looking forward to a great conversation now with Gail and Courtney. Kissing up, man. I love them. I love them. I love them. I was like, oh, that on my stomach ground. I'm like, oh, you know, get some kibbles. Come back in. Kibbles. Oh, good God. No, we're at Fuego. They have all kinds of fun. I know. Too much. Too much. Okay, this is super fun. I was really looking forward to this. Of course, Gail Davis <laughs> went to High Point with us, and we became like best friends yes, in about yes, 20, 22 yes. seconds. So you're so awesome. Thank you for being here. And Courtney, you were introduced to us kind of through Gail, although yes. we heard you speak at the High Point Theater. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, which was so, so fun. Which I'm, was so hilarious, because she's like, I hope you could come. I was like, I'm with Kimberly. I'm not sure if I'm going to have too much time. I'm not sure we have things planned. And we walk in, I'm like, waving. Hi. I know. I was but so somehow with that event, you didn't tell us you knew Courtney. It was until afterwards we found out. Yeah, I, don't, I think it was just so much going on and just... You know, you get to high point, you're so overwhelmed because you're thinking, this is where I need to be. And I was like, I need to be as my business coach. I want to hear everything she has to say. Oh, but I need to meet with this vendor. Oh, my God, I'm doing private label now. Furniture, I need to be over here. So I was trying to, like, hit a bunch of people all at one time. A perfect illustration and segue into the conversation we're going to have, which is about how designers need to take control of the conversation with clients because there are just too many moving mm. parts to let somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about take the lead. Mm. So, and if I had one more person say, well, if you have a contractor, I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. So you're going to let yeah. a dude who yeah. can barely pull his pants up dress your home? <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> it's a visual <laughs> You're not going to be able to get out of my head. Yeah. But it's yeah. true. I'm like, you want, you want yeah. that, that yeah. guy to pick, yeah. to pick it's so true. It's so true. And so many people think that what they see at retail is what interior designers do. And it just isn't. Yeah, so you mean like, they oh, walk right. into a store and they see a suite of furniture that's all matchy-matchy. And they, oh, that's it. The that's store it. experience is beautiful. That's there's it. music playing. There's flowers mm-hmm. everywhere. And mm-hmm. so why do I need a designer? Exactly. Because I can and just I can go to the store. dollars exactly. All I do is pay the membership fee. Exactly. Right. But oh, you said plan. membership fee. Now we all know what you're talking about. But that's anywhere. Yeah. Or if you go to, uh, was it Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams? They're, they have the same model that's now. Yeah. One now. They give yeah. your email. All you have to do is give your email address and you get 25% off. So does this worry you guys? Do you think these guys are going to take your business away? Well, I just ran into this. And yeah, yeah and, and I'll admit, I think in hindsight, I didn't handle it properly. But literally, I had a potential client call me and he said, oh, well, I've been, I really like re- restoration hardware. Um, and I like their style. I've been trying to work with their interior designers, but I don't really like the way it's going. You know, it's taking a lot of time. They're really disorganized. You know, so I'm reaching out. You know, what's the difference? What can you do? So and first of all, can I just say that, really? Because if you're working at a one store and you have one line of furniture, that's you, all you honey, need. you're not... You're not doing nearly the amount of work that we all do on a daily basis. But tell him how much. Tell her how much he paid for his apartment. So this is a, a, a gentleman. He spent two million dollars on a beautiful, brand new apartment, two bedroom, fourteen hundred square feet. So it's a fixer-upper, trasher place in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean fabulous. Just right. what you would think of as a fabulous bachelor pad. And guess what his budget was ultimately. Oh. $30,000. Of course. Not a stitch of furniture. He wants to do the entire apartment. 
So, you know, I explain the difference and, you know, sort of the artistry and the organization and the access to such a variety of resources and vendors you never heard of, the opportunity to learn about interior design and decorative arts and the history if you're interested, just all of these opportunities. And at the end of the day, his response was, well, you know, they told me I could do it for 30000 so I'm going to go that route. If I was going to spend 100000 I would hire you in a second. Right. But what he doesn't understand is you're not going to get the same level of quality. The result is going to be different. It's so going it's to be different. It's a bit like buying a Mercedes, but having the interior be outfitted with, uh, what is that stuff, Naugahyde? And, um, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. So that's tragic. But the thing is, that is that's not your customer then. That That's what I thought. Because at first I said, oh, gosh, I must have done something wrong. And when I really thought about it, I said, you know what, if I had taken on that client, if he had said my budget is 100, it would have been a fight. Every dollar would have been a difficult sort of trudge. And yeah. I realized that the fact that he didn't really get that there is a difference between what I do and what you get at retail, he just wasn't going to understand and he wasn't going to value me at the end of the day. What would you have said, Gail? My conversation probably would have started with, have you ever worked with a designer? Mm -hmm. So this way you could see where the headspace is at. Mm -hmm. And if it was yes or no, and then let them tell you what a designer was in their, you know, to them, what mm -hmm. a designer means. Mm -hmm. And then you could find out if it was a decorate, a home goods runner, someone that's going to meet them at Pottery Barn and Crate and Barrel. Then, then you know where their headspace is at, and then you could differentiate, well, this is how I operate, and this is what you get when you work with me. Mm -hmm. And let them know it will be turnkey. You, you will have you know, the best customer service. You will have one-of-a-kind furniture. You will have a one-of-a-kind look. No one will walk into your home and go, oh, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, you know, West Elm, whatever. Uh, you have to really set yourself apart. But I, I've learned, especially reading the Bible, Kimberly's books, um, <laughs> that you have to ask, the first question should always initially be, besides how did you hear about me, have you ever worked with a designer before? We do that at the well, intake process, yeah, when they phone the yeah, office, we yeah. find out, and then, and then we follow it up with who was it, yeah. and nine times out of ten, what they say is, well, it was the person at Ethan Allen, or it was the person at Restoration mm -hmm. Hardware, yeah. mm -hmm. and we explain that that might have been a lovely person, but they may not have been a trained interior design professional, and this mm -hmm. is a totally different experience. I actually did have that exact conversation, and the thing is, you can explain all of that, but yeah. it may fall on deaf ears. Totally. True. And then you, you really did the right thing, which is good luck. Yeah, I wish you well, and you're Absolutely. just not my customer. I'm wondering, do you have your hourly rate on the on your website? I don't. Because I do. you do. <laughs> because that person wouldn't call me because yeah. it would be silly to hire me at what I charge when your budget is thirty thousand yeah. dollars. Like it's just going to be eaten up by design fees. Yeah. It was a referral through a broker friend, okay. so you know it was sort of that kind of. But you're right, and I've struggled with that whether or not to put oh, the fees your hourly is. on the on the website and. So, well, now... <laughs> now... <laughs> was such crap. I was like, right? you charge how much? How much so my last, So, my last contracts have been at $195, okay. and now I'm bumping it to $225. Okay, so you And I, I'm going to be rates. perfectly honest that it's been a process for me to own 
that okay, number. That's fair. Fair. That's very you know? fair. And fair. to say, you know what? I'm worth every penny. And I know I'm supposed to just, you know, but I, I think we have to acknowledge that it's it's a pro, it's a mental process. You're That's so true. right. If you, you know, don't have the confidence to go with the number, sure. it's not. Gonna it's work. not going to work. And yeah. now, because I'm sort of to get to 195, that was a process for me. Yeah. You know, when I start, when I started, what? my hourly rate was fifty dollars. Wow. Open the door. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in New York City. I mean, yeah. you know, I can't. There's yeah. very few places yeah. that are more expensive to live. Yeah. So I understand that. But that's not letting you off the hook, by the way, if you're listening and you live in a rural area, because. Sometimes if you live in a rural area with not a lot of competition, you're the only game in town, and you should also be charging money. Absolutely. So don't use location as the only barometer of what Absolutely. you charge. The higher your rate goes, the more the expectation is that you're going to do everything. And my favorite client is the client who says, I don't want to lift a finger. Yes. I don't want to lift Amen. a finger. That's what I want to hear. Yes. So when we were talking off um, not off camera. What is it? Off, off mic. Air. Off air. <laughs> off air. We're off air here in the studio in New York City. When we were off air, you guys were having an offside conversation about designers need to take control of the conversation. Do you mean in terms of educating the public about what it is we do? Absolutely. I think the, the biggest part is misconception, and I think that there are a lot of voices out there explaining what we do when it's not what we do. There's, you know, oh, you can design your house for $50 in a weekend on Pinterest. Right. Or there's HGTV that's telling you, mm -hmm. oh, you can do this overnight, right. no problem. And there are all of these sort of online vendors who are saying, oh, well, hire a designer for $10, you know, and we'll give you a whole project. And the thing is, where are the professional interior designers who are out there clearing up the, the misperception. Like, why aren't we on the Today Show talking about this? Why aren't we, you know, in Glamour Magazine writing articles? Why aren't we, you know, out there in sort of the broader conversation Instead to start to take control? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody, I feel like that the blogger, the we've DIY allowed yeah. that person to control the conversation and to really devalue us and to put something out there that isn't accurate. And I think we need to step into it right it's almost like we need to form an, an association where we each contribute a small amount of money and take that money and use it strictly for educational purposes to educate the public oh i'm in yeah. i would totally do that and there's it's very frustrating when you been, have the conversations yeah. like that and yeah. they come to you and of course they'll buy i, I too had a client who bought this amazing seven bedroom, five bathroom home, the house wraps the corner and you know, Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, and it was a potential client I should say. And um, they they were they were all over the place when I got there, but I you know, I reeled them in and said, This is what it is and this is how I operate and this is what we do. But once again it was a disconnect for the budget and what they paid for the house, which was something like two point eight million dollars. But then the budget's probably like forty, fifty thousand dollars, and I was like, "Well, that will probably be just your dining room and your living room." If that's, <laughs> you know, yeah, we can make your living room look amazing. Yeah, yeah. But and then the whole time the conversation was, "Well, my aunt has a good eye," and I was like, "Well, I love when people tell me that. Just because you can pick two colors and put them together does not make you a designer. Just because you go to Home Goods on a great day and you're able to collect." some amazing pieces for $10, it doesn't make you a designer. It's more about, you know, space 
and it's about understanding the aesthetic of how the person lives, how they entertain, how often they entertain, what kind of kids, dogs, everything, like everything comes into play. It's also, I think everybody thinks interior design is just um, picking colors and fabrics, and I'm like, no, it's what goes on behind the walls as well. A true right. interior designer true. understands that, for me, I'm one year shy of architecture school from going to NYSED. And so I get it and I understand you need to be able to read floor plans. It's it's amazing to me how many people come in to these stores and um, they don't they don't understand that there's a layout or, you know, what the space really means and how they view the space. And then when you break it down, and explain to them, well, no, this should be the circulation path. This is what you should do. Everything is not just a sectional, a table in the middle and some chair on the other end. It, right. It's like really use your space yeah. and when I have conversations with clients or potential clients I'll say to them so let me get this you have the amazing Range Rover and you have a Maserati mm-hmm. yes I saw it in the driveway oh you have this beautiful space right yes you have this beautiful home oh you spend all this money to go away on vacation yes okay so now I need you to forego vacation for a year and put that money into your home because I know you fly first class if not private jet right and you need to let's put this money into your home so it's not just once a year or four times a year that you you can't wait to get away but make it a place that when you when vacation is done you're ready to come home because you're like oh my god do you guys know who John Saladino is absolutely famous New York designer Okay, he was on my TV show once, and I we were chatting, and he said he was at a dinner party, and this woman had these huge diamond earrings, and she came up to him, and she said, John, how can I possibly afford you? And he said, sell those earrings. <laughs> Absolutely. And they can start tomorrow. Yes. I love yeah, that. I love that. It's true. Okay, so... And I, I think also, I've started to think of myself more as a decorative artist. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to think about that. Because what I do, no one else can do. You can't, you can't read it in a book. You, like we could walk in and my room will be one way and your room will be a completely different way. Mm-hmm. That's because there's artistry in what you do. Yeah. And I think that gets lost in the conversation. Yeah, okay, so here's where I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You're right. We're all decorative artists, but why isn't the person who's working at that store also then a decorative artist? And I think what the client is really paying you for is to handle every detail. That's really what's worth paying for, is to handle every detail. And yes, you're a decorative artist, so they have to like your aesthetic and they have to like your vibe, or else there's no point in hiring you, Mm -hmm. right? I um, actually gained a client that way because um, she kept telling me about her decorator, her her interior designer. And so I'm working with her on, I was working with her discussing her bathrooms and saying, you know, this is what you'll need, whatever it is. And she's like, okay. So then the next time we meet up, I said, did you bring the floor plan so I could just explain it better to you? And now where are the elevations? Because we need to make sure everything that you wanted, because she was just going to, you know, take everything right then and there. I was like, no, 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 no. You have no dimensions. You have nothing. You can't just, right. okay, well, that looks good. No, it'll fit. And, you know, she's eyeballing it. I was like, it's dimensions. It's numbers. Numbers aren't eyeball. They're, they're very definitive. Exact. You know, yeah. and she's like, oh, okay. So then she comes back with this designer 
and you I, guys didn't get to see the air quotes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I said, oh, to the designer, oh, well, do you have the elevations? And she's like, yeah, I do. So she proceeds to pick up her phone, shows me the picture, and starts going through. And I was like, no, those, those are, are photos. Pictures. Yeah. yeah. She goes, well, no, they're elevations. She's like, well, it's the, it's the beginning. We don't need to worry about that right now. When do you worry about and that? And I said, you're doing a gut renovation of this <gasps> condo. Yeah. Oh, my God. So there they, are no drawings? No. So How do she, you do a renovation without drawings? She was like, oh, we'll get to it. And I looked, and the, before I could even finish, that woman, the client. That, the client, went off on her. And, like, rightfully so. She was like, well, then we'll, we'll call Monica for the um, for the floor plans and elevation. She goes, no, they, haven't, they don't have it yet. They haven't started. But I was like, you just said they... They're, they're tearing out everything come Monday. And I was like, you don't start ripping out unless you, first of all, you have to have before, and then you have to have, like, you know, what, what you're going to do after. So it was just funny. I said, well, let me meet you at your condo tonight. I'll measure out really quickly for you. I'll do elevations. I can do AutoCAD, and then I'll just give that to you. So I, I met with her, and it was funny. The decorator was there, and she was like, oh, you must be so tired. And then the woman chimed in and she goes, oh, no, no, no. She's a real interior designer. She went to school. You know, she she worked for this major designer. She interned at this designer. So right. she knows what she's doing. And she was like, oh, so there I am measuring. And I don't have just my regular tape measure, but I have the electronic one, right. too. And I'm sketching out. And I'm showing her. She's like, oh, OK. Do you know I called later that evening and I was like, listen, Here's your stuff. I'm gonna back away. This is your designer. She needs to do this. I didn't mean to step on her toes, but I just was uncomfortable because here you are buying sixty thousand dollars worth of um, bathroom, you know, for your vanity, wow. your shower, your whole everything, and there was nothing done. She called me back. She's like, "I'm so sorry, I missed your call." She said, "I fired her. I'm hiring you." <laughs> and and okay, but here's the thing: Can we really afford to educate clients one customer at a time? Like, are, are you tired? You are. It's tiring. You I are. think that's the problem. So what are we going to do? We're, we've got another 10 minutes. Let's solve this problem for the entire, <laughs> for the world. We're, we're going to fix it right now. Courtney, Gail, uh, what are we going to do? Well, you know, I there is an initiative within the industry um, called Do It For. Have you heard of that yet? No. Um, so uh, one, uh, someone associated with Stark started it. Um, so it's actually not started by an interior designer but the goal was to sort of you know teach people the difference but you know I'm not sure that they're taking the right approach because you know it was sort of crowdfunded and they have a website and there are designers on it I actually um, participated okay I do but they've right taken the money that they raised and they bought a few ads where Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> HGTV. Exactly. And so it wasn't enough money to really penetrate. And I thought, gosh, it's not advertising. We need the PR. We need yeah. the voice to be out there. We that's where that. we need to we invest. Need because that's how you start to get traction. That's how you start to say, yeah. hmm, we, start, we need to start questioning this. And that's how you put interior designers out there as experts and as great project managers, but also as artists as well. As the artists, the decorative artists that we are, the yeah. applied artists that we are, yeah. Yeah. She's making a squinty face. I'm just Gail. thinking, I feel like <laughs> I feel like your website will break it down. I feel like your conversations that you have at gatherings when people are like, oh, you're a designer, oh, I need you. And I'm like, well, let me explain why you 
yeah. you may want to think about it. And I think it, the education really is up to us. I also feel like High Point has, um, they need to take a little bit more responsibility when they have these panels. Because sometimes these people, I'm just like, what are you saying? Uh, what just came out? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's not good. I feel like they, yeah. everyone just, there really needs to be a breakdown in, uh, in understanding. But, to, but that sort of gets to the educating one at a time, and I just... Well, we can do I'm exhausted. We can do a meditation. <laughs> no, you don't get to be exhausted. Yeah. You are too young to be exhausted. Get in line, honey. There's no way. Yeah, you know. No, but I honestly, I, I do do my best, and I think I every chance I get, I'm always explaining to people what the difference is. And, and don't you think a client knows when they go to your website and they see a yeah. level of expertise? Yeah. I, I do think there are certain yes. customers who are savvy and who oh, get absolutely. it and then there's a guy like the guy you described who's never gonna, he's never gonna and that's okay gonna he needs a wife but you, you, you charged him for the consultation though right yeah that's the other thing she doesn't do so I just finished reading your book so <laughs> I just finished reading your book I'm picking up so my that job will be, yeah, that will be well it wasn't an on-site or anything but up till it now a difference. I've had a policy where if I do an on-site I charge if they come into my office I don't charge Mm-mm. but that's I realize having read your book that okay. that's not the way to and, do it and me yeah beating you off about okay. that too. Well, please, I read the book please, because of you. Please, please <laughs> your right hand over your heart and yes, you have to solemnly yes, stand yes, down. Yes, yes. a witness. I mean, okay. I came back from High Point. Before that, it was only $600 for up to two hours and I learned how to word that too. And then I came back, I felt like superwoman. I went to seven fifty. I was like, oh, they've got a good year of seven fifty because next yeah. year it's going up even more. Because they're really picking your brains at that time and you're walking through and I think it's a disservice to yourself to go there and speak to someone and you're doing this dance of not wanting to give too much information and just well what would you do what would you do what would you do yeah like I would never do it on site for free yeah because it's impossible not to give advice the guy with the the $30,000 budget just knowing that the consultation was going to be $750 he probably wouldn't have called you and wouldn't have wasted your time yeah so you're looking for that customer who's and by the way it's up to each one of us to decide which customer we want to serve like there are people listening who say I want those little tiny projects. It's for true. me, thirty thousand dollars would be great, it's and, true. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for you to have that, but I still want you to make a living. And absolutely, recently somebody had said to me that you know she's had years where she's made six figures, and I really had to think about that. Is six figures money nowadays? Is that like let's say you made a hundred and one thousand dollars? And you live in New York City, or you live in Los Angeles, or you live in Toronto. You can't live on that. I don't know. Like, I don't <laughs> tell you, but... That's my dog walker sound. Right? <laughs> it seems like nowadays. It's time for us to also get mature about the kind of money we need to make. And stop saying, like, I, I make a hundred or six figures. Yeah. That's the starting line. And That's also, true. it's not just the top line. I think designers right. need to take responsibility for their P&L. I mean, I'm upset. I'm I'm a numbers person by nature, so every week, yeah, every week I'm like, okay, where am I? You know, and I'm just kind of obsessed with it, and I don't think enough designers focus on profit margin and driving that. No, because once again, we come into this with, well, I'm a designer, I am a creative, I'm an artist, but you almost have to be both. But you do, or you have to hire. You do, but you you have to hire. But the reality (laughs) is, 
people like to say 80-20. I'm sorry. It's 90-10. It's 90% <laughs> business and it's 10% creativity. The keeps changing. Because it's a lot of work if you think about it. I'm meeting with clients whose house burnt down and we're doing it from scratch. And they're like, well, we don't know if we really need a designer. And they're, they're like, we just keep going in and out of tile places. We keep going in and out of yeah. so-and-so. We don't know what we're doing. I'm like, yeah, because there's a whole list. You need me. Yeah, you do. Okay, so it sounds like there's more work to be done, and it sounds like we we can't afford to get tired yet, but I think it's important for us to take the hand of other designers and and help them out in whatever way we can and pay it forward. You're in a great space, Courtney, because you're at Fuego, so you can influence a lot of designers around you. Gail, as you know, is super shy and very very uncomfortable sharing her opinion. So, you know, but really, and, and I'm, of course committed to reaching as many designers as possible but we can't do it alone so it seems like it's back to that conversation about we need industry standards and we need a way of educating the public where we don't get thrown under the bus and I also think that it's important for us to support each other and Frigo has been fantastic in fact just last week um, a, another designer here, we were sitting, we were talking about contracts and fee schedules and how to do everything. And we said, well, would you mind sharing yours? And maybe we could sit down and, and compare notes and figure out how do you do a consult and how do I do it? And maybe we could make it better. It's turned into three sessions of that. Wow. And we're saying, wow, this is way better than what either of us could do alone. Right. And I thought it was so fantastic because it was such an open, sharing, encouraging conversation. Right. And right. I think more of that has to happen. You know, yeah. I think there's room for you to succeed and for me to succeed yes, and for is. you to succeed. I'm, I'm and amazed at a lot of designers that don't have a strong contract or that don't have yeah. one at all. Oh my goodness. Like, I, yeah. You were doing business with no contract? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and no. you know what? Often they'll say, like, I don't need one because I trust my clients. No. Or no, I'm no, like, no. wow, would you trust your child with a babysitter you didn't know? Why no. would you trust somebody no. you don't know? <laughs> would you trust your five-year-old with your car keys? Yeah. No, honey, it's fine. Like, no. No, 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 it's, no, and it's also part of identifying us as professionals. Yeah. As a professional, you have a contract. Okay. Period. Thank you. That is such a good point. You go to a client meeting and you don't have a contract. What does that tell the client that you're not a professional? Exactly. Right. That it's a jobby. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. I think it's really important. It's it's that subtle communication from the very first touch point all the way through. Right. Okay, we do like to end every episode with something we call design intervention, which is, are you are you prepared, Courtney? I'm not. <laughs> I feel like, oh, God. Something you think is actionable, immediately actionable to people listening that you think would be a huge benefit to them right now. You're going to fire them up, and you're going to motivate them. What I can tell them to do. Okay, so... I'm a big believer in the vision, goal, task, strategy. So, so the vision is the soul and the personality of your business. And what you do is, this is for you, so it can be as honest as possible. And really put out there where you want to be at your ideal designer self. Who are you? Where, what are you doing? What does your company look like? What does your life look like? And really just kind of have a, just put it all out there. And again, you can be so honest because you don't have to share it with anyone. That's your big picture blueprint. And then you have to be a goal setter. And for me, that's, you know, every quarter I revisit it. Um, In the fourth quarter, I always do my big plan for the next year. And then 
you can have goals, but if you don't break it into tasks, actionable tasks, the goals will sit there and they'll go stale. So every single month, at the beginning of the month, I have my monthly task list. And a task is like, I want to do at least two networking events. I want to make a really great connection with at least one architect. You know, I want to have at least one referral from a broker contact. That's, those are, are actionable tasks that will get you back to whatever your goals are, and your goals should tie back to your vision. Okay, I love so it. So I think that's something you can do right now, yeah. and it's been powerful for me. If you're a member of Business of Design, we call that Design for Living. We want you to build a design for living. It's exactly what you talk about. Your dream, your big picture dream of where you want to be, um, and then set those actionable baby steps that will help you get there. And then what the other thing you mentioned, which is critical, is you put time on your calendar to make sure you actually pay attention to it. Because otherwise, it's not going to get done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. I have my action plan. Great plan. And also because of her. Um, for me, I feel, okay, so my newest, not my newest, but my latest thing to help get my business together because I've been working on my business and not in my business or however you say it, vice versa, branding. I've hired a branding coach. Whoa. Nicole Heimer. Okay. Really amazing. She's and fabulous. six weeks <laughs> of, you know, every Wednesday we meet, it's six of us from 1030 to like noon and it's breaking down your brand and it's the color and it's the font, it's you know, what your clients say about you, how do you extrapolate that to create the vision that you want. So this way, when your website pulls up, it really represents who you are. And when you do press, you have this one sheet of paper, you're like, this is my color, this is my font, this is everything. And consistency across all platforms. And I just feel like once you, you really, I know branding is such a big word or it's like the catchphrase, but once you really understand that, and you really hone in on that, it just, it makes you a better business person because now it's like what you will, who you will work with and who you won't. Is that a part of my brand? Is that my vision? Is that the values that I hold? No, it's not. So then I can't take on this client. Yeah. I that's actionable. Okay, that's great. That's very actionable. You guys are wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for introducing us. Thank you. I'm so tickled to actually sit, I'm such a big fan of the, Yes, podcast. Uh, <laughs> and to those of you who haven't, you need to purchase all three of Kimberly's books. I'm telling you, it's the Bible. I walk with mine. That's it's good I stuff. walk with at least one That's of them. Good yeah, stuff. But yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I want you to know, I am not threatening her. I did not. No, seriously. If if you want your business to be on point and you want to get your business to the next level, there's no way like you. You are like the Oprah of the interior design oh industry. My God. It really—I don't think you cut it. It really is a unique approach. You know, I—I feel like I've read a lot. I've heard a lot. And when I read, I've read book two. I have to go back and read. You book skip one. book one? I—I I what did. is up with that? I know people we'll do that. Do they're like, no, I already know a lot, so I'm just gonna. But go you straight go back to and you're like, oh my, god. Oh, my <laughs> god. oh my god! Yeah, I was at a presentation and I just bought book two, but it was so unique, and I was like, gosh, the more I read it. My first thought, I'll be honest, was a little bit of like, mm, I don't know, that's not realistic. And the more I thought about it, I said, wait a second, she's absolutely right. Ooh. And I thought, this is the problem, because we are doing it this way. I love that you I had a lot of those. 
It is unique because is I kept unique. getting advice from people that kept me stuck in the same yes. crappy business practices yeah. yes. that everybody is stuck in. But I think yes. the, the the big ticket for you was that you actually got a business coach who wasn't in the industry. That Once you get the person that's outside of this industry, even when I speak to my husband and I tell him stuff, he's like, no, it's A, B, and C. And I'm like, it can't be A, B, and C. That's not it's how we do it. And yeah. he's like... And that's why you're at this juncture. You are so right. That was my, the design. That was design intervention. Yeah. I call it that. I landed because we're creative. Coach. Yeah, and my business coach, when I started telling her about how the industry works, every single time I would tell her something, she go, "That's nuts." That's nuts. I don't care if that's how everybody else do does it. That is not how you're going to do it. So thank you. That's awesome. And uh, you guys have to both come back on the podcast and do individual talks. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.